the thing that great strategists have always done that I don't think will ever change is that they are sense makers and they are dot connectors and they are provocateurs. And great strategists have always been that and will always be that. I think what changes as we look you know, forward is what sort of terrain are they playing with? What kind of tools are they playing with? What sort of consumer realities are they playing within? Hello and welcome to Grow Up, an APG Canada podcast where we give strategic thinkers and creative tinkerers opportunities to grow. I'm your host, Michelle Lee, and today on the show, and actually for the next 10 weeks, we'll be celebrating 10 years of the APG. With APG Canada at 10, we'll be releasing 10 new episodes to explore how strategy in Canada has changed over the last 10 years and what might be in store for the next. In this series, we'll be talking to strategists, creatives, HR, and management to gather their diverse perspectives. So today, we're chatting with Subnajar, CSO, Daniel Shear, President Ontario and West at Cossette, and Melissa Gordon, SVP, Global Talent Acquisition Lead at Plus Company. Just before we dive in, we'd like to give a special shout out to the team at McCann for sponsoring today's episode. As one of Canada's leading strategy departments and supporters of strategic planning, they've shown a keen interest in continuing to help us foster and strengthen Canada's strategic talent. And for that, we thank you. Sub, Daniel, Melissa, welcome to the show. We're super excited to have you here. Terrific if you could please introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a bit about your background. And since we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of the APG Canada, we'd love it if you could tell us where you were 10 years ago today. Thanks for the opportunity to speak today. Happy uh, APG 10-year birthday. Um, it's an amazing group in Canada, and, uh, and it's great to see the leadership that you're taking within it on such an ongoing basis. It's, it's Daniel speaking for those out in podcast land. And yeah, for me, 10 years ago, I actually had to look it up. Uh, I was back at my previous agency, which was Taxi, where Michelle, you and I spent some time together. And I was managing director of our craft business across North America. And yeah, it was a great run. And I think we even spent some time together on it. We did. We did. Who wants to go next? Sub, do you want to tell us? Sure, I'll go next. And yeah, thanks for having us on, Michelle. So excited to chat about you know where planning is and how it's evolving in the past 10 years. And this is Subnajar. Uh, I'm the CSO of Ontario West at Cassette. Uh, and 10 years ago, we were in the in the midst of launching Union, the agency that myself and Lance Martin had started um, and trying to reinvent what a new agency model could look like. Awesome. And Melissa, last but not least. Hi, everybody. Melissa Gordon here. I, I also had to do a quick double check on years. So 10 years ago, I was just returning to Toronto, to Canada, after having lived and worked in London, England for 12 years. And 10 of my 12 years in England, I was an account person. I was doing all the things. So uh, very familiar with the APG from over there. I was quite excited that it was even setting up here. And I've got, I think, and I hope, and it's some interesting thoughts on how it's evolved over the years. Yeah, you certainly will. Great. Um, so, I mean, I guess the best thing to do is kind of just to, to dive in. Um, curious if anyone has any thoughts, kind of some of the evolutions or changes you have witnessed in the last 10 years as it relates to strategy. And that could be because you're currently in a strategy role, you've worked closely with strategists, you're involved in hiring strategists, really whichever way you come at it. Sure, I'll, I'll jump off. I think the, the biggest thing that I've seen over the past 10 years is the actual investment in strategy by all agencies now versus I think, you know, 10 years ago, we still had, you know, maybe a handful of agencies that had robust strategy departments. Um, and then a couple of agencies that had probably one or two planners or strategists in within each, within each. Um, and some of the larger ones, you know, had already 
separated strategy into digital strategy, social strategy, brand strategy. So I think the biggest excitement and or the biggest exciting change that I've seen is, is a real uh, push to create a strategy department across all agencies and have them heavily invested in not only the creative output of the agency, but the business leadership and thought leadership of, of the agency as well. Yeah, amazing. And I'm, I'm curious uh, if you've seen that transcend in, into clients as well, because I think a common maybe observation that some people have had is, oh, well, like, oh, clients aren't quite sure about paying for that. They don't know what value they're getting. Do, have you seen that change too, or maybe it's dependent on the client? Uh, no, I think I've seen that change. And I think, you know, uh, Daniel can probably jump in and add, add some commentary here as well. And, and you know, and doing some of the negotiations with clients and how we structure, uh, how we structure the relationships. But I think anybody that, you know, adds value to not only the creative process, but the business strategy of a client, I think is more than welcomed and, and is becoming, is asked, you know, is becoming more than welcomed in all aspects of, uh, of a client's business. I, I think that's right. I think if if we cut back to 10 years ago, to be totally honest, we were still in the early days of really fully realizing the potential of strategy in Canada. Like I, I think we can all agree that the sort of point of, of origin of strategy, or as they called it back then, planning was was really in the UK. And you know, when I joined Taxi, we had a we had a handful of really smart um, planners or strategists at the time. And, and over time, as we sort of figured out how to work the model, um, it became so undeniably clear to internal uh, audiences, like, you know, importantly, let's be honest, um, the, the creative leadership and the creative teams that were working on the briefs day in, day out, that, you know, a, a great um, strategist is worth their weight in gold. And as, as clients sort of got a taste of what that could look like as well, I think over time we've seen clients really wrap their arms around uh, uh, strategists, um, uh, you know, on their day-to-day business and to be that sort of... Um, first phone call in terms of I've got a big, gnarly, chunky problem. Something unexpected has showed up where my boss is pushing me to take this brand into new territory that we've never been before. How do we go at that? And so I think I see a, a really uh, positive and purposeful and embedded role for strategy, you know, certainly at Cassette and I think across the industry uh, now, definitely more so than than 10 years ago. I mean, the thing that great strategists have always done that I don't think will ever change is that they are sense makers and they are dot connectors and they are provocateurs. And mm-hmm. great strategists have always been that and will always be that. I think what what changes as we look um, you know, forward is um, what sort of terrain are they playing with? What kind of tools are they playing with? What sort of consumer realities are they are they playing within? And so to, to me, the, the the big big opportunity here is continue to put strategy more at the at the center of agencies to make sure that all of that wayfinding, that dot connecting, that sense making, and that provocation can be core uh, to what we do as an agency. Because I've always said one of my least favorite kind of creative meetings or creative filters is wouldn't it be fun if? And I I love having creative fun as well, but I really like having creative fun once we know what the job to be done is. And I think strategists are uniquely positioned to help uh, clarify that for us. So, within agency land. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you're, you're seeing more and more clients involve strategists or even agencies for that matter. And been an account leads and business strategists earlier in the process. So I think instead of, you know, the brief being cracked and then handing it over to a strategist to put just an insight into that brief. Now you see the role of strategy kind of moving upfront in the process, helping clients understand what actual problem they're trying to solve or what the opportunity may be as well. 
Greater investment, and then it sounds like moving further upstream. Sorry, Melissa, what, what were you going to say? Because obviously, you know, that, that lens that you had having worked in the UK, um, what are your thoughts? Uh, just exactly what, bu- building on a lot of what Daniel was saying, in particular there, which is in my experience there from when I got there and over the 10 years there, I, I didn't have a lot of exposure to strategy having come from Canada. Once we got rolling, they were exactly what Daniel touched on. My strategist was the person who could pick up the bat phone at any moment to the client. They were the trusted ear. They were absolutely uh, considered and thought when lo- looking at agency fees and team setups. And, and it was the value add that they brought and just really, really the trust and the insight and then going off to the creative idea. Whereas when I came back to Canada, um, we weren't quite there yet 10 years ago. And I was a little bit surprised, I have to say. I think we've moved the needle massively, but I was very surprised when I came back to see that we weren't there yet. Hmm. Do you think um, there are certain things that have allowed for investment in strategy, for the ability for it to move further upstream, for the ability for us to become more of the trustier of the client? Like what is allowed for that? Uh, I think a couple of things. One of the factors is just a way more complex environment in which we are operating, right? I think when we look at the modern landscape of marketing and all the channels and tools and things available, it just requires a more collective group effort in how we, how we best solve the problem uh, and how we bring a, a creative solution to life. So I think part of that is the natural evolution of just the environment around us changing and no, no one single person anywhere on client side or, in, or agency is the gatekeeper or the only person that knows the solution anymore. So I think building that out, that, 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 that has caused agencies to look at, well, what are the skill sets required? What are the different kinds of personalities required? What is the culture we want to create in the agency? And I think that starts to encourage, uh, you know, as, as, as Daniel put it, dot connectors and thought leaders that kind of sit within a strategy realm to, to be organized as the, as the center point of that agency to, to bring that forward or bring the solutions forward or, or, or create the positive momentum needed to solve modern problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else kind of um, you think about when you think about how we've evolved over the last 10 years? I mean, one thing that uh, I think about is understanding of what strategy is and what strategists do. And, and I think it's still hard to wrap your head around. Um, it's never going to be quite as maybe tangible as creative um, or, or account um, management. Um, but do you feel like understanding both within the agency amongst account folks, amongst creatives, um, amongst clients uh, has improved or increased? Uh, yeah, so I think it has improved and increased. I, I think the, the, the fundamental you know, issue is I still have to explain what I do to everybody. <laughs> so I don't think that has evolved that much. Um, and that's just more in, in the realm of advertising and marketing. Um, but I think as we, you know, strategy from strategy can be business strategy, can be consumer insights, it can be socially led, it can be digitally led. So I think as the world continues to blur, I think what people have found or resulted in is they understand that we are solution finders, we are wayfinders, we are we are a group of people and talent that that comes at a problem in, a, in an intuitive, interesting way. So I think that has caused a, a greater understanding of what the potential of strategy is. I think if you ask people to define the individual components, rightfully so, it's unclear because it should be. It's kind of you know, I don't think we are as clearly defined in an individual silo as some of the other disciplines, but in totality of what the output is, I think is, is understood in a much better way. 
Maybe, Michelle, I'd jump in with two things just as, as we're doing the, the sort of rear view last 10 years. I mean, one of the things that strikes me is that as our clients' roles and remits have been expanded and their realities have become more complex, I think that's dovetailed nicely with the growth and understanding of the value of strategy in Canada. Uh, and I think it's it, in many ways by necessity because uh, the sort of strategic partners that our clients uh, need, uh, and I don't mean strategy department or ch- chief strategy officers like Sub, I mean the kind of part, the, the kind of strategic partner that, for instance, we at Cassette um, strive to be for our clients has changed dramatically. You know, even the outputs of of what we were making ten years ago has 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 sort of exploded in terms of really exciting possibility. But with that comes a lot of of complexity. So, you know, <clears throat> at the bigger scaled uh, client side businesses, you can have sometimes a uh, you know a chief marketing officer and a chief digital officer and a chief insights officer and a chief technology officer. But let's be honest, a lot of the time, particularly in Canada, that's all now just falling on the CMO's desk. So we need, you know, a very different kind of thinker that can understand how uh, to play in all of those worlds and lead a team that can play in all of those worlds to frankly be the kind of supportive partner that the modern client needs. So, you know, that to me would be a really important point to highlight. The second would be that, and I, I, I don't think we're done on this journey that I'm about to mention, but we as an industry have swung back and forth probably every two or three years for the last 20 years or so on the big on the great debate of generalists versus specialists meaning do we actually need digital agencies anymore do we actually need crm or one to one agencies anymore and similarly do we need strategists that are s- simply CRM versus XM versus brand versus digital. And I think what I'm seeing in the industry right now is more of a swing back to generalist because I think that people are understanding that, you know, uh, generally client budgets aren't going up. Generally, uh, work back schedules and time to market uh, isn't going up. Generally, with things like, you know, uh, platforms and tools like AI-driven stuff, chat, GPT, et cetera, we need people with a, uh, an overall awareness and sensitivity of all the potential of modern marketing to be able to actually simplify that complexity uh, for, our, for our, 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 our client partners. So there's probably a day where we'll swing back out to saying digital first or social first or tech first uh, and have agencies that have specialty uh, within that sort of realm. But for us at Cassette, we believe that it's they're all just excellent and super important tools and belief systems that we can bring into sort of a more generalist way or integrated way to solve our clients' problems. Yeah, that's so much to unpack there. Um, and I and I guess, uh, you know, as we can kind of continue to lean into these themes, I mean, the things that I've heard, again, the, the increased investment, the moving upstream, being more of a trusted partner with the client, um, increasing understanding of what strategists do, perhaps a swing towards um, more generalists uh, after, you know, several swings back and forth between the two uh, as being specialists. And then what's driving that in terms of increasing complexity, not only in the landscape and consumers and the tools and the roles of clients. Um, before we kind of then fast forward into what we think is in store for the next 10, um, anything else that you're you're noticing there that has shifted? I mean, uh, again, go back to um, your role 10 years ago and uh, how you worked with strategists. Um, have things like, and I assume they have, collaboration uh, increased? Um, has hopefully wariness for what strategists do 
de- decreased, if there has been any. Um, anything else there you want to add? I think the only, only other piece that I'd, I'd add is I think we part of the shift on why strategy has, I guess, in an essence, gained more momentum is is the reality that the create, creative output is solely not the responsibility of the creative department anymore. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons I came to Cassette is, is when you look at the creative output of an agency and, and the number of people and team members responsible for it, I think the, the biggest shift in the past 10 years is, you know, the involvement of other disciplines in helping foster, you know, a creative environment and a creative and come up with a creative idea. Now it's still, you know, the responsibility still sits and rightfully so within, within the creative department and the creative team members. But I think the, the opportunity to add value input, collaborate, you know, put up ideas on the wall and just jam over them. I think as soon as that behavior has, has started to become natural and part of the agency process, you see more value for not only the strategy department, but for the account department, for all departments, because creativity has become more of a, a cultural aspect of an agency versus a department aspect of an agency. And I think the more we see that happen, um, the more you'll see value in, in all departments moving forward as well. And where Seb went and Daniel went there is, and Daniel and I have had talks about this, that the days of the strategist sitting in the proverbial closet or room and building out the brand onion and then handing that out to somebody, that that goes back to what you said, Michelle, the, the collaboration is key 100% in the way that has moved. And we've had discussions even with people that we hire that we look for strategic account people, or rather we call them business leadership. So strategic business leadership people, because as Seb was just saying, everybody plays a role in it now and everybody's expected to collaborate now, whereas before you didn't see as much of that. Yeah. Strategists with their onions in a closet paints a very interesting picture. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about them, Michelle. uh, We've talked about them, Michelle. Sorry, just to do uh, one more little top up. But we've talked about it before that I think long gone are the days of whether or not they're in an onion uh, in a closet or or they're with their notebook in a leather armchair separated from the agency. Like that's gone. There's no more beard scratching. There's no more... Uh, sort of deep solo ruminating. This is a collaborative sport that we're playing here. And I think as, as strategy has gained uh, uh, understanding, acceptance has added so much value, I think, you know, I, I think that it's just become more core, as Sub said, to the actual culture of the agency. And I think that, you know, I, I would just jump off that to make two additional points on, on the journey that strategy has taken in Canada over the last 10 years. The first would be you know, my expectation here is that um, strategy as a, as a group, in some ways the CSO, but more importantly, the broader group, uh, plays the role of sort of, you know, of the cultural voice within the agency. I think everybody can and should bring some of that to their, their day-to-day in our industry. And I always say that, you know, anybody that I work with, I want them to be interested and interesting. And so I think that's on everybody. But I really think that the cultural uh, voice and the cultural heartbeat of the agency should come through uh, the strategy group. And and I, I know for, for us, that, that was a huge reason that... That, that sub came here is he's dad. He lives, uh, you know, in a suburban uh, world. So bring that perspective in. He's a sneakerhead and all of that sort of stuff that, um, you know, a strategist and a strategy group can bring into an agency. I don't know that that was the case 10 years ago. I think that they were seen as sort of subject matter experts. As I said, like we had a great digital girl or we had a great tech guy or we had a great brand positioning onion 
uh, person. And I think now that now that the the momentum is where it is, I think you know strategy lending that cultural voice is critical. The other piece that I think that we've really embraced um, here is that strategy should also why, why waste all of our great strategic brains just on our clients' business? I really enjoy engaging our strategy department on our business. Where are we going? What's our vision, mission, values? Does that need a rethink? Where are we at in terms of, um, you know, at, uh, the kinds of clients that we want to go after? What's our competitive differentiator? And how do we consider all of those questions that we get? You know, we spend so much of our day uh, working on rightly for our clients. How can we scrape a bit of that off uh, for ourselves? And I'm, I don't believe that would have been the case in the same way or to the same degree, perhaps ten years ago. Yeah. And I, I think that's really interesting. And again, you know, Melissa, not that you have to be the only authority on the UK, but but given that, you know, planning did come out of the UK and, and there did seem to be this kind of like Oxbridge kind of heritage to it. Um, and and interestingly enough, I think I think you do make the point, um, Daniel, like the shift from almost academia to practicality and being the cultural voice. Um, perhaps part of that is because of the greater expectation that consumers have on the role that brands are playing. We talk so much about purpose brands and societal impact and that. Um, as we kind of shift gears now and talk about what what's on tap for the next 10, um, do you have any reflections on that or, or, or what other kind of, I guess, trends we might be seeing? You touched on one thing. I'll jump on Michelle about the Oxbridge reference. That's a, that's a great point because um, from my lens of the hiring side, you know, we we've removed the, the the barriers to entry as much as we can. We're far from perfect, but things like that post secondary education, that expectation. So in London, I had to literally look at people's backgrounds and the expectations on the educational side in order to come in. And that has moved massively there. And of course, it's moved here because it does go back to what you just said about the practical side. It's people bringing in, when we meet people, we talk about their life story and their life journey. And we want to see the skills they're bringing in and who they are as a human and really get down to the human-centric thinking and planning. And I think that's really shifted on uh, the, the people we meet and the conversations we have when we're attracting talent. That's been a huge shift in the last 10 years and even in my six years with Cassette and Plus Company. And I guess you'd imagine that's that's going to continue to shift. I mean, obviously, as we the theme of diversity inclusion, which has been ongoing rightly so for the last few years, um, that that will continue to play an even bigger role. Hundred percent. You know, we are actually going through another exercise right now, continuing to look at you know a, a candidate's user journey, as I would call it, or user experience. If somebody, whether there's someone I'm talking to in a coffee chat, whether it's someone's applying for a role, whether it is. Um, someone who just wants to learn about our world and learn about our industry, because that's the other thing is that you've got a whole early education piece um, on our industry as a whole. I mean, this this is a, a pivot. And I don't want to take us too far off, but that's another thing. When, when people talk about the war on talent, it's an industry issue that we haven't done a good enough job to educate at a high school level that this industry is out there. And we, we've been doing that again at Cassette and Busco for about four or five years but, you know, we're just scraping the, the, the barrel, so to speak, because there is not enough time to go as far as we'd like. But everyone we meet, we go and educate on awareness of the industry, let them know we're out there, let them know how they could join us. And that's been a really it, it's been quite fulfilling to really see us broaden the net for people to come and learn about us and join us. And I think that's a that's a that's a great point, Melissa, because one of the issues from the past, that I think, is going to be a, a massive opportunity for the next 10 years is the entry point into strategy in our industry, where previously it was almost like you were, it was 
some practical real life agency or client side experience first, and then see interest or competency to get into a, you know, a, a strategy role. Um, and now we are seeing, you know, agencies like ours with robust internships and starting points and, you know, APG groups like, like yourselves that are encouraging a, a great starting point of strategy or, or, or a desire to be a strategist or a learning point to be a strategist. So I think how we move the needle on the entry point over the next 10 years is going to dictate the different kinds of thinkers, the different cultural backgrounds we can bring into the different ethnicities, the different, you know, just mindsets and experiences of, of different people we can encourage to come into the strategy discipline because the more well-rounded the group of strategists are in any particular agency, the better the outcome will be and the better the, the industry profession will be uh, as it relates to strategy uh, moving forward. Yeah. Where, I mean, where do you think there is still more opportunity? I mean, I, I love that investment in strategy has increased, obviously, and, and I've seen it do that. Um, there's still jokes, though, that we're, you know, smaller than, uh, sorry, Melissa, smaller than HR. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I guess it depends on the agency you work at. Um, but yeah, I mean, where else do you see opportunity? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think part of it is, 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 is it's a function of the agency's growth and the agency's desire, um, you know, what they, what they want out of their footprint uh, in, in Canada or, or North America or around the world. And I think as you, the, as you see agencies like Cassette put an emphasis on the notion of creativity and the notion of creative opportunities being everywhere, um, that requires a different kind of talent pool. So I think part of the struggle isn't necessarily just the, the microscope on strategy. While that might be a symptom of it, I think part of the challenge is the, the greater ambition of the agency uh, in itself. And if the agency wants to have a greater purview on what creative could mean or what their business model could look like, the more that discipline and the talent inside that agency changes and the more you need strategic thinkers, insightful thinkers, cultural thinkers to just make that reality come to life. So I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like I think part of it used to be like a headcount question and, you know, you know, like, do we justify our headcount versus account people? And do we justify strategy headcount against creative? And I think it's more around the agency's desire and output and the different shapes and sizes of people you just need to make that output happen. Because, um, you know, I think what I would love to see is more blurring of the lines between the disciplines and the departments. I think we would set ourselves further back if we started to create more walls around strategy and, and more silos of, of, hey, this is the domain and the purview of only a strategist, and this is what makes a you know a competent, qualified strategist. I think the greatest output in my career and the greatest enjoyment in my career has been the ability to collaborate across disciplines and, and build that mismatch of just like you know everyone's off or slightly weird in their just one degree way, which when you put that combination together, unlocks something powerful. Um, and so I think for me, it's it's more around how do we create a more sh- strategic oriented mindset across the agency than just a single discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I think that blurring of lines is actually a really interesting and important um, point because I think, I mean, one thing that I've noticed and, and, you know, great to get your reflections as well is that it feels as though the once very traditional briefing process has changed massively as well. Like no more of the baton pass, you know, two weeks, you know, whatever my onion in my closet, writing my brief. Um, and then handing it over, um, the, you know, you, we touched earlier on strategists moving upstream, 
um, breaking down those silos between departments, everyone being kind of all cultural experts to some degree, everyone being strategic to some de- degree. And it's, it's, it's a lot messier, but a lot more fun in many ways. Uh, Michelle, as I was thinking about having this conversation, I was thinking about a recent pitch that we were in and just to the point of blurring lines. And at the end, you know, we sort of had done our, our section and it was time for some broader discussion with the, with the client on the other side of the table. And um, it was really cool. Uh, the client said, uh, I, I, j- sorry, this has been great. Who, who does what here? And she was genuinely confused. She said, I know I have like a president here. I know I have a business lead. I know I have a head of strategy. I know I have a head of creative. And I'm not quite sure which of you is which of those. And to me, that is total and utter success. Because I think the, the best meetings are the ones where you can show up and rip up your business cards and just get to work. And, and I think that blurring of lines is exactly the kind of modern... Uh, cross-pollinated, hyper-collaborative talent that we're looking for. And I do think that, as Sub just said, the best experiences, the best projects probably than any of us have ever been a part of, there's been that sort of not only blurring of lines but uh, and roles, but almost complete elimination, where it's just an uh, you know a collaborative, integrated group doing uh, you know doing the best they can to to achieve the objective. So I just wanted to weigh in with that sort of recent story. Yeah, and, and I think part of that is. You know, what won't change is the owner and the authorship of a specific piece in the process. I think what needs to evolve is how we map that process out and the different inputs required and the different kinds of thinkers required. Um, you know, I think the writing of a brief should be and should always remain the domain of a strategist in the final articulation of that document. But how we get there and what the boxes are made out of and, and how you you know, think about the problems that should, shouldn't be a, a, a single person exercise. And I think that's part of the challenges in investment that we've had is when it's only relied on a single person, um, you don't really see the value in what they can bring to the collective. Um, and so I think that's where you'll see some of the changes happen over the next 10 years is, you know, while authorship will still remain important in, in the strategic discipline, how do we create more collaboration and how do we create more, you know, entry points for people to have uh, a way into strategic thinking. Same way we've done it with Crater, right? I think it's kind of a similar evolution where that was a very siloed discipline that, you know, part of the the angst and the challenges of the industry were like, hey, how does how does an agency become more creative? How does everyone get more involved in the creative process? And all we did was kind of lower some of the, the walls and get some different thinkers and, you know, people working together over beers and uh, in an office setting and, and you know, and, and collaborating around it. And I think once that happens, um, you know, you'll see that constantly evolve with just a greater sense of, of involvement from everyone in the agency. Yeah. I mean, this notion of entry points and I guess kind of always on, I mean, in, in many respects, in some respects, campaigns have kind of died in the, in the sense that we should be thinking and, and, you know, the social listening and the whatever else continues, you know, the work doesn't just start when the client briefs you and then go ahead, let's, let's do this thing. Um, perhaps some of the collaboration and the blurring or the elimination of the lines or whatever is, it's, there's potential for all hands on deck at all times, just because the, the brand is constantly moving and living and evolving as it engages with, with consumers and culture. Absolutely. Uh, and I think part of that is, is the importance of, you know, relevancy, I think over the past 10 years and constantly trying to remain relevant. Um, and the challenges that come with trying to remain relevant just makes you, 
uh, have an always-on perspective of what are the opportunities in front of us, short-term, long-term, immediate, that are not just you know social in nature, but cultural in nature, um, and then you know how you make the agency deliver on that in the structure required. So I think yeah, you're 100 right. Is as we look to create more things more often. Um, and put them in different situations and channels that consumers can engage with um, that ultimately help drive a brand. I think that just requires a different kind of skill set playbook on on the approach we take. Yeah. So we've talked about agency ambition. We've talked about the increasing messiness of the process, different entry points in terms of bringing people on, um, cross-pollination, hyper-collaboration. What would you say is your single wish or prediction for strategy 10 years from now? Uh, great question. I, I think, my, to be honest, my single wish, and this is a bit of a personal perspective, uh, my single wish for the strategy discipline in Canada is to more look like the Canadian population. Uh, I think lots of inv- advancement has happened in, in DEI and how, how agencies approach it, especially you know, one of the reasons I came to Cassette is their approach um, in it. But I think the more we're trying to understand the landscape around us, the more we need to look like the landscape around us. Um, and that's not a function of a, uh, you know, a single discipline, a single ethnicity. That's just the curiosity we need to encounter. And I think the more we encourage that kind of person or personalities to embrace by agencies, the better we will become over the long term. Yeah. And I think actually what is so exciting about that is, and, and I think the reason for the APG Canada, because we've often asked ourselves, well, why the hell do we exist? <laughs> there's APG UK, there's you know, Julian Cole, there's Sweathead, there's all these things. Um, but I, I think what you just said there, Sub, in terms of strategy that reflects the population in Canada gives us very much a remit and a reason for our style of strategy as well, because it is different from the UK and it is different from the US. And though, well, it might, may have had some heritage um, in London and there's some amazing foundational uh, skills and tools and things that we still apply um, for us to deliver upon its true value. We have to understand Canadian consumers and Canadian sensitivities and culture and worries and fears and dreams and hopes and all, and all that sort of thing. So I think that's a, it's a really important point. Uh, Daniel, Melissa, what's, what's on your list? I'll jump in. Mine is quick. Cause sub sub said exactly what I would like to say. And it, and it goes back to what I said before about, the industry, educating people in our industry, opening it up, making ourselves um, very, very approachable and welcoming. We've done a lot of that work at Plusco and Cassette. We continue to do it. But at the end of the day, if we're not starting at a very, very young generation and, att- and, and, and attracting everyone that is a part of Canada and to sub subsequent that reflects Canada, then, then we're not doing ourselves um, a service. We've got to keep going on, on that road there. I'm, I'm, clearly wearing my talent acquisition hat and we'll keep wearing that hat as I think about this. Amazing. I mean, you always have a way with words, Daniel, and <laughs> I'm sure you've got something. No, I mean, I, maybe I won't answer exactly that, that question because that's sub did it brilliantly. And it's, it's exactly what we're obsessed with here, which is how mm-hmm. could we tell stories and position brands and get involved in communities and ask to be involved quite intimately in Canadians lives if we don't look like Canada uh, as we do it. And so that, that's exactly the, the, the right singular answer for where we need to be uh, t- t- tomorrow as much as 10 years from now, uh, because we know it's, it's, it's a long journey. I mean, wh- what I've been just reflecting on through the conversation is sort of 
some broader, perhaps more tactical considerations on where I think strategy should, how strategy should continue to evolve, you know, over the next decade. And the first is that, uh, and we've really felt it here, that strategy has to be an engine of growth for an agency. It, it can be, it should be, uh, if you've got the right people uh, and the right belief system. And again, yes, uh, a department that looks and feels like Canada that shares the perspectives of all Canadians, not uh, a slim majority. Um, engine of growth has to be a part of the mandate. The, the second piece that I think is so critical is, uh, and perhaps we hadn't really quite touched on this yet, but elevate out a strategy into sort of the total agency and marketing landscape you know, the competitive set that, um, uh, that we face now as agencies versus 10 years ago is dramatically different, right? You've got uh, a whole new generation of content creators and makers and digital thinkers and, uh, you know, coming up from the sort of consumer world, thanks to all the platforms uh, that we all know about, etc. That's really exciting, but that's a new competitive set in a way to agencies let's think more top down, then of course you've got, you know, the big global um, consulting companies that are starting out, you know, really interesting um, uh, propositions in terms of agency-like propositions. Um, And and to me, one of the things that's so important about considering our competitive set is where can our superpowers be so that as an industry, we can continue to not necessarily push against uh, those forces, because in some cases, we actually uh, collaborate with both ends of that spectrum, individual uh, makers and and, uh, and creators, as well as we have a number of partnerships and, and work in, in, in close partnership with a lot of the consulting companies, to say nothing also about the technology companies, which I suppose would be another piece of the pie. But what, what are our superpowers there? And I think certainly from a consultancy standpoint, uh, agencies can continue to own the space and need to continue to own the space of not only getting to brilliant, big enterprise uh, level thinking, but also making it very practical for their clients to actually put it to work the next day. And I know that you know a lot of the time here at Cassette, when we uh, inherit a piece of business that's maybe been at one of the consulting firms, the clients say, oh, thank God you're here because you can get to the same level of thinking, but you can actually make it real in the world and real for my business the next day because we know how to take things to market. And if, that, if that's a superpower that we need to play with uh, you know, against the frame of this new competitive set, I think strategy is critical to that. Because as we said off the top, we're not in the sort of uh, armchair theorist uh, business anymore in terms of strategy. We're into sort of deadly practical consideration, provocation, as we said, dot connecting uh, and sense making and wayfinding for not only our teams internally, but for our clients. So I think strategy is for the total agency sector, one of, not the only, but one of the great competitive differentiators that we can, we can lean into in the coming 10 years. And the, and the final piece that I'll say is that sort of as touched on earlier, I think as, you know, uh, one of our amazing um, sister agencies, uh, the narrative group that we work with on a daily basis always talks about culture has decentralized. And if culture has decentralized, that brief that, uh, you know, you and I, Michelle, worked on 10 years ago on Kraft Foods uh, doesn't work anymore. 
there's too much need to understand way more nuance, um, you know, way more sort of fractured uh, media landscape thinking. We have to get down to the sort of community level to understand all of the different communities that engage with brand X and Y. And if that's the case, again, strategy is front and center uh, in that conversation. So, so to me, I just think about engine of growth for the next 10 years. And I, I think great strategy departments have already proven that. But what does that look like to accelerate? Two is, you know, strategy is a great differentiator versus all the different sort of agency-like models that are emerging within our industry. And thirdly, to continue to be that hyper-relevant, hyper-collaborative voice of the consumer and voice of culture within our agencies. It's a great point. The only other, the last thing, sorry, I'll add there, which is, it seems very simple, but I'm not sure that we, we've mentioned it, is you've got to love the work. Um, and I think for us, and part of the reason I've come back into the agency world and into, into a planning role is I, I just missed it. And I think the more um, value we put on strategy, the more introverted strategy becomes as part of, uh, uh, you know, the heartbeat of, of an agency or this, the central point of the nervous system of an agency, the more it has to be uh, a champion of creativity and the champion of the work. Because sometimes we can over-intellectualize and overthink the role and the outputs that strategy can provide. But at its core, if it's not about the work, then why are we doing this in the first place? Yeah. Strategy at the heartbeat of the agency. There are some people who are uh, <laughs> shuddering right now. Um, but you know, I, get, I get what you're saying. Um, I would actually say, Michelle, I don't know that that's true. Really? All the best creative leads that I've ever worked with would say, because what Sub's not saying is that that's the it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a rank order. It's not an order of priority. It's saying like, what's at the absolute core that's driving everything that we, that we do. And I actually think, you know, Sabah Kwao, our new CCO here often describes himself as the business guy in creative circles and the creative guy in business circles. Like he is all in on strategy, you know, as a core sort of driver or initiation point for how we tackle client problems. And, you know, uh, different creative leaders throughout my career, you know, you know, what's working when they say, Hey, what we need to get, you know, that individual from strategy into the, uh, into the process or into the client meeting. And I think that's a perfect example of a very sort of traditional, uh, belief, uh, system and structure that I think we have to blow up. I don't think it's about prioritizing or, 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 uh, elevating any single sort of department or discipline. I think, you know, as we say here, creativity everywhere and strategy has to be absolutely core to that. Great. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for that. Is, is there anything else that you guys want to want to add to this, this uh, strategy love fest? Otherwise, I feel like this has been a really I've, I've really enjoyed reflecting on the last 10 years. And it was, has been great to see the evolutions um, over that time and, and really what's in store for the next 10 and how we seem to be at you at Katset, um So laser focused on on the changes that you think need to need to happen um, to propel your continued growth. Perhaps a closing thought from my side. I mean, the, the bottom line is nobody's got time for waste in business and certainly in our industry, given the pace that we move, given the pressure that we all feel. Dollars follow value. And the more valuable that we can continue to make strategy within the, the sector, the more dollars, the more time, and the, uh, the, the more emphasis, I think, will be put on the discipline. And that, to me, is just an exciting thing. Yeah. Great. I think we have our upfront soundbite here. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Um, well, thank you again, everyone, so much for joining us today um, and for reflecting on this. It's been fun. Cool. Thanks awesome. for having us, Michelle. Thanks, no Michelle. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share this episode, and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts.